Good morning, NFL fans, and welcome to another edition of Monday Morning Huddle. I am your host, Dave Holcomb. I hope everybody out there has had a great last two weeks of July. We did not have a show last week. I was uh, on my drive back from Cleveland, but I am here um, recording another show. hope everybody uh, is going to have a great July, at the end of July and beginning of August as training camp opened up last week for all the teams around the NFL, so we have a lot of fresh stories off the press to get to, and let's get right down to it. Our leading story today is from Steelers camp, or part of it, I guess, is not in Steelers camp, and that is Mike Wallace, who hasn't reported to camp yet in the first few days, and because of a contract dispute is the reason why he is out of training camp so far, and the Steelers... We're not very happy with that. Uh, they have offered Mike Wallace a $2.7 million tender to sign. Um, there, there's a lot of wrinkles in this story, but, but to abbreviate it very quickly for our listeners who don't know, uh, Mike Wallace uh, did not agree to sign that tender that the Steelers offered and decided to hold out of camp l- late last week. And that angered the Pittsburgh organization uh, they um, cut off all long-term contract negotiations and then signed the wide receiver that plays opposite to Mike Wallace, Antonio Brown, to a long-term deal worth five years, $45 million. Supposedly, that was the money that was supposed to go to Mike Wallace. So, our top story this week, money that was supposed to go to Mike Wallace is instead going to Antonio Brown, and either Mike Wallace is going to have to play for that $2.7 million, or it looks like not play at all. Of course, the Steelers could trade him um, to another team that would like Mike Wallace's services, but at this point, the Steelers say that he is not on the trading block. For more news on this story, there's two stories about uh, Antonio Brown and Mike Wallace up on footballnation.com. Of course, that's where you can listen to this podcast and all kinds of other podcasts and get other news around the NFL and college football. Um, One of the articles that is on Mike Wallace is actually written by myself. I must say the most viewed article that I've ever had, and I'm very proud of that. Um, You can check that out on our website. And also another article about uh, Antonio Brown and, and Mike Wallace was from Sean Mayer. Um, my my partner in uh, bump and run coverage that comes out every Wednesday. Now I've I've um, interacted with quite a few different um, sources online um, via Twitter or, or via Reddit, um, and there's a lot of different opinions about the Mike Wallace situation. But the the overall consensus, I would say, maybe not the overall consensus, but the majority would say that. Mike Wallace is in the wrong. Of course, I think the media is probably skewing it that way. At least um, lots of media on even our site um, is 
favoring the Steelers organization in this situation. Of course, some people are just going to naturally side with players and that players should get paid. And, and that there's a, I understand that a little bit. But in my opinion, Mike Wallace is being a baby about this. Um, he, he didn't show up to training camp. Um, in, in my opinion, it, it looked like the Steelers had every intention of doing right by Mike Wallace. Um, and he refused to sign that one-year tender. Of course, there's an argument that if Wallace signed that one-year tender, the Steelers would have no reason to give him a long-term deal right away because he's being underpaid for this season and he's under contract. Now, that's a valid point, but I still think the Steelers organization wouldn't do that kind of bait-and-switch. Basically, that would, that would basically be a bait-and-switch they're promising Wallace a long-term deal if he signs this con if this if he signs this one-year tender. Um, so I, I believe the Steelers were were had every right intention to do well by their their star player. And to be honest, the apparently the reason why Mike Wallace didn't want to sign the tender was because he didn't agree with the contract the long-term contract the Steelers were offering to him. So there was apparently a long-term contract in the works being negotiated between Wallace and his agent and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, supposedly that long-term contract was about the value or the, about the, the money that Antonio Brown received, $45 million. Wallace, on the other hand, wanted money in the range of where Larry Fitzgerald and... Um, Calvin Johnson get paid, which, quite honestly, I think anybody can really say is ridiculous. Mike Wallace is a great wide receiver. He is the number one wide receiver for the Steelers at this point right now, although I think Antonio Brown, whether Wallace shows up for training camp or not, Antonio Brown is going to have more catches than Mike Wallace does this year. You heard it on this show first. But um, Wallace is d does not deserve... Calvin Johnson money. He does not deserve Larry Fitzgerald money. And that's why I, I'm saying that Wallace is being a baby about this. He's being a, a prima donna. Um, he thinks he's more valuable than he actually is. And I think the, the quote from Mike Tomlin earlier in the week really says it all. Tomlin is just a, a really great speaker, one of my favorite, uh, probably my favorite coach to listen to. He, he's just so direct with the media and, and right to the point without being short with them, uh, like um, a, a Bill Belichick who's kind of more boring, although he has all the right answers. He's boring. Tomlin is actually interesting interesting to listen to. Um, so Tomlin, one of his quotes from the from last late last week, one thing that experience has taught me is that this is bigger than all of us. It's bigger than Wallace. It's bigger than me. So I mean it when I say it's unfortunate for him that he's not here. It's true. It's unfortunate for Mike Wallace that he's decided to hold out. It's unfortunate that he is not in training camp getting better along with Antonio Brown and, and uh, the other young wide receiver on the Steelers, Emmanuel Sanders. And although Sanders is... A little bit of a drop-off from Wallace. Sanders can handle that number two spot for a little while, I think, um, on the, on that wide receiver depth chart for, for Pittsburgh. It would be much better for them if 
Sanders was the slot receiver and the three guy and not on uh, the field every play. And, and I've seen lots of blogs and um, fans on the internet pointed out that Mike Wallace draws that double team, which made Antonio Brown and, and, and uh, Emmanuel Sanders more effective in, in last year's passing game, which is a great point. Mike Wallace was drawing those double teams, almost decoy, um, especially when he goes deep and Antonio Brown or Sanders goes over the middle. That opens up those passing lanes. But it's very true. The Steelers will move on, as, as Mike Tomlin said in his other quotes. The Steelers will move on and play whether Wallace shows up or not. So my advice to Mike Wallace, show up to training camp. I, you missed out on your long-term deal. Antonio Brown now has your money or will have your money. Yes, you're gonna. it's going to look like to the media and to everybody that you will have caved if you show up and sign your, your one-year tender. But, you know, at, at some point, you got to go on damage control. Swallow a little bit of pride. Sign the one-year tender. You're going to play for the Steelers, a team that at this point you probably still want to play for. I know that there's a little bit of hurt feelings, but you probably still want to play for them. You'll get your long-term deal at the end of next at the end of this year possibly being franchise tagged or being signed to a long-term deal and you'll be playing next to Antonio Brown for years to come of course that is the most ideal situation for the Steelers there is still a possibility that he's traded although my last point before we go to break the Steelers it's unlikely they get a first round draft pick for him because the rule with restricted free agents this past offseason, because the Steelers did not franchise tag him, any team was allowed to sign Mike Wallace and then give the Steelers a first-round draft pick. So nobody around the league, the other 31 teams, did not think Mike Wallace was worth a first-round draft pick. So it kind of puts the Steelers, I mean, they won in the sense that nobody thought he was worth that much, but when they go to trade him now, if they possibly do that, they won't be getting back a top pick for Mike Wallace, possibly a second-round pick, maybe a second-round pick and a third-round pick, or you know, there's an infinite number of combinations they could do. But ideally, at this point right now, they still want Wallace to line up next to Brown and be those two guys be the focal point for that passing attack for years to come in Pittsburgh. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with a little more news about other holdouts around the league. Welcome back to Monday Morning Huddle. I hope you're enjoying our show on whatever day or morning you may be tuning in. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. You can email me any comments you have about today's show or any other show or just spur up a conversation about the NFL. I'd love to talk to you. Um, the, my email is dmholcomb06 at gmail.com. And my Twitter handle, you can also reach me on there, is dm. H-O-L-C-O-M-B. 
Uh, moving on around the league, we talked about the holdout going on in Pittsburgh. Latrobe is the site of their uh, uh, training camp. We're moving on a little south to Jacksonville uh, to a holdout that we've talked about actually previously on this show, probably a couple times. Um, but we we talked earlier this this month in July, I believe it was that um, there were three running backs possibly going to hold out: Ray Rice. Uh, Matt Forte and Maurice Jones-Drew. Now, Rice and Forte got their long-term deals. Maurice Jones-Drew has not so far, though Maurice Jones-Drew is signed to a two-year deal. Still, Well, two, uh, two years still remain on his contract, I should say. And a report came out yesterday, that is being Sunday, that the Jaguars have placed Maurice Jones-Drew on reserved um the reserved list that that is not an injury reserved list, but a, a but a list indicating that they he's not going to be on the roster, and it, that basically says that they do not think MJD is going to show up anytime soon to camp. And um, a fullback, Will Totofu, if I'm saying that correctly, will be taking the spot of Maurice Jones-Drew on the roster. Now I, I've written. A few articles on uh, the Jaguars, I guess, over the last six months, um, talking about their hire with uh, Mike Malarkey um, and other news about um, Maurice Jones-Drew holding out. And obviously, he's their best player. Okay, that there's no doubt about that. And, there, and again, there's a lot of fans out there who think that players are entitled to get the amount of money that they deserve. At no matter where they are in their contract or, or no matter what the circumstances are, Maurice Jones-Drew, yes, he's going to be underpaid. Yes, the, his contract originally when he signed it a couple years ago was front-loaded, so he got all his money already in these two year, the next two years, this year and next year. Uh, he's getting paid around $4 million. That's pretty low for a player of his talent. But he signed a contract. He is under contract, and it's not like he's even in a contract year. He has two years left. Two years. And you can, all right, fine, you can say, oh, well, the contract was front-loaded. Well, he knew that. He knew that when he signed the contract. Why does he want out of it now? When that, uh, whatever year it was that he signed um, his, his five-year contract, I guess since it was five years, it was three years ago. He has two years left. That's easy math. Um, it was a $31 million deal. He's already see, received plus $20 million of that in the first three years. So that was what he agreed to. His agent and, and himself agreed to it. The Jaguars agreed to um, front-loading this contract. So now you have to play it out. Uh, you don't go into a contract hope, hoping to front-load it and then hoping to get a new one halfway through. It's just, I just think it's absurd where we're going with, where we're going to with these holdouts. And yes, I agree. Jones-Drew is worth more than he's getting paid this year and next year. And yes, I understand that he's 27, and he will be 29 when he's due up for a new contract, which is old for a running back. But... This is the contract he agreed to. He should be loyal to his contract. Plain and simple, that's that's really all I have to say about the topic. Now, we can move to another team in Florida, actually, where 
Um, there, there were reports that Ryan Tannehill, a rookie quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, was going to hold out. Although, technically, I would say it's not really a holdout because he isn't signed to a contract at all. Um, so he, he's not holding out for a better contract. He's, he, he's not signed yet. Um, which I guess you could say Mike Wallace doesn't have a contract either, so his isn't a holdout, but... Uh, that's getting getting into a gray area. But anyway, my, Ryan Tannehill um, did sign a contract finally over the weekend um, that will put him into camp for the Miami Dolphins. Now that contract that quarterback Ryan Tannehill and the Miami Dolphins agreed to was four years worth $12.69 million that included a $7.65 million bonus. That's, of course, guaranteed. Um, the, the reason why there was a little uh, disagreement early on between the two parties uh, was Tannehill wanted all the money up front guaranteed, which the Dolphins were able to put in some language into the, the contract that says it's not all guaranteed. Of course, seven and, about $7.5 million of it is guaranteed. Um, but uh, the, the breaking point or, or what they gave in return to Tannehill for him to agree to the contract, he he will receive $110,000 more than his uh, slotted pick pay, which means he will get paid. He's getting paid more than the average number eight overall pick, which is where Miami Dolphins picked him overall in the first round of this year's draft. Of course, Tannehill is a rookie. He um, is out of Texas A&M. Uh, started 13 all 13 games as a senior last year at the school. Finished with 3,744 yards, 29 touchdowns, and 15 interceptions. Of course, he was the head of an offense that set school records in passing yards, touchdowns, and total offense. So he he's expected to do big things out there or down there in Miami. Um, of course, he's competing against veteran uh, quarterbacks Matt Moore and David Garrard. And we're actually going to uh, save uh, that debate for our next segment where I'll bring uh, Ryan Tannehill back into the discussion. But uh, I hope you're enjoying our Aerosmith music that we're, re that we're supplying for this week's show. I got to see Aerosmith in action uh, last week while they were at uh, the IZOD Center. Pretty great concert. So uh, it was fitting that we had some Aerosmith today. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with our fourth and long segment. And we're back here on Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. Don't forget to check out uh, the Facebook page, Dave's Football News. Uh, that is a site uh, for popular, or I shouldn't say popular, but um, articles that I personally like that are on footballnation.com. I, I put up all of my articles there as well. So if you want to see any of my other work, very easy access to it is that Facebook page. I also post other people's stories from footballnation.com that I particularly like and try to get them more views uh, as well. And occasionally I'll, I'll put up uh, any other um, news from around 
the around NFL or, or around college um, from other sites, but that but that is more rare. But again, check out uh, Dave's Football News uh, page on Facebook. We're gonna move into our fourth and long segment. Uh, we got some good topics for today's segment. Of course, um, this is where I say a statement and um, I either grunt, which means I agree, or I punt, which means I, I disagree with the statement and I'm essentially punting away on, on uh, fourth and long. So to start off, uh, we're going to go to Houston and what I personally believe is the favorite in the AFC. I know New England is going to be a... a competitor. I also think Pittsburgh and of course Baltimore are going to be in it probably until the end in uh, late December and, and into January. But Houston, if healthy, could be a force to reckon with in the AFC. And of course is a big if healthy as Andre Johnson has already suffered a groin strain in the first few days of training camp. And he's going to miss, quote, a week or so, end quote. Um, we saw this last year with Andre Johnson. He was on my fantasy team. Uh, it was a week-to-week -week thing with him. Last year it was his hamstring. Um, and, it, you know, you he's questionable week-to-week. -week and questionable one week leads to missing three, four, five games. And, like, like uh, hamstring injuries, they linger. And that's what happened last year. Andre Johnson had the lowest statistical totals of his career last year by far. He only played in five games. Um, so obviously his stats suffered. And um, I'm, I'm uh, punting that he is going to... The statement, of course, Andre Johnson will stay healthy throughout this whole year. is already injured. But will he return and be healthy the rest of the year? I am punting this away. Um, it's unfortunate that such a... A great star, a great weapon in the passing attack for Matt Schaub is is probably going to miss some, some time again. Hopefully it's not too substantial, um, but not a good start for Andre Johnson. Of course, um, they have Arian Foster as their running back. Matt Schaub is in a contract year, so this this could be this could be the year for for the Texans, but. You know, the stars are not aligned if not all three of those uh, guys are healthy and Johnson not starting on the right foot. So I said we would go return to the Miami Dolphins and Ryan Tannehill, so let's go there right now. Ryan Tannehill will start for the Dolphins week one, punting away uh, again. As I, as I mentioned, the veterans David Garrard and um, Matt Moore are competing for that starting job as well. It doesn't even look like Tannehill will be the backup. It looks like he's going to be the third string week one. Now that doesn't mean that he's going to get action later in the season. Um, if the Dolphins fall out of the race, I wouldn't be surprised if they try and give Dan Tannehill a little bit of action later on in the season in, in late November or December. But obviously Miami has to go with a quarterback that they think can win right now. It's not it, obviously it's a rebuilding year, but you can't throw in the towel week one. Not that starting Tannehill would be throwing in the towel, but he's already missed a couple days of training camp. He's probably not going to be pro ready in six weeks. Although there's a lot you can a lot of improvement you can make in six weeks, and I expect Tannehill and the Dolphins expect Tannehill 
to make a lot of strides in, towards starting. I mean, obviously, he wouldn't have been picked eighth overall, the third quarterback picked in the draft, if the Dolphins didn't think he would be pro-ready almost right away. But the Dolphins actually have some options. Matt Moore didn't play all that poorly last year in his starts. David Garrard, he's a 34-year-old. He's not the future of the franchise, but he can get you some wins. He can keep you competitive. And those two guys um, present the Dolphins a much better um, starter week one than the rookie Ryan Tannehill does. So we've been in the AFC all, all throughout this whole show. We have not talked about any NFC teams. So let's go to the other team in Florida um, on the other side of the state into in the NFC, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, this is a Daniel Hutchinson article. He shows up on our show and on our Facebook page, Dave's Football News, quite a bit. He writes really well and writes some good stuff. And in this article, he talks about LeGarrette Blunt and what should happen with him um, on the Tampa Bay Bucks roster. Whether uh, basically he says should they trade him or release him, not even presenting the option of keeping him on the roster. But we know, or maybe you don't know, Tampa Bay selected running back Doug Martin late in the first round. It was 31st overall pick. And so far, the reports say that Doug Martin has been one of the stars of the Tampa Bay camp. Obviously, it's still early, but he, quote, he has done virtually everything right. So he's done very well for himself early on, impressing his team, the 23-year-old rookie from Boise State, selected late in the first round. Um, and basically, that that's probably going to get LeGarrette Blount shipped out of town, whether it is released or um, via trade. So the, the statement, of course, is LeGarrette Blount, Tampa Bay should part ways with LeGarrette Blount. I'm grunting here. Um, I loved the, uh, LeGarrette Blount's rookie season um, in 2010 after not playing his last year in college, his senior year, because of um, the incident where he punched a a Boise State player, um, obviously that wasn't good, but he bounced back really well in 2010, actually had a pretty good season as Tampa Bay had a pretty good team at 10-6, and six, missing the playoffs though, and then last year just nothing went right for the Buccaneers. Um, they've ended up firing their coach and Raheem Morris, so they have a new head coach, uh, and um, Doug Martin was that number one overall pick. He is impressed. It's time to go with Martin, and, and honestly, LeGarrette Blunt is just too much of a loose cannon on deck to keep as just a backup. If he's going to be producing, being one of the top players and starting, he's kind of like he's kind of like Terrell Owens. When when Owens is producing, some teams are willing to put up with his antics. Um, but if Blunt's not going to start, he's not going to produce. He's not worth keeping around. So I think the the Hutchinson leaves up a really great point. Um, you should check out his article to, to um, see all of his reasons for why Blunt should be off the Buccaneers or the Buccaneers should release him. But I agree that they should try and trade him. If nobody wants him, they might as, uh, they might as well just release him anyway and um, move on with this new star rookie. So that's all I got for the fourth and long segment. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and wrap up today's show. 
Welcome back to Monday Morning Huddle. Thank you for tuning in to today's show, this week's show, I should say. We will have another show next Monday. Uh, new sh- new podcast coming out every Monday morning on uh, footballnation.com. And of course, pay, uh, pay attention to Alex Reamer's podcast, NFL Today, uh, that comes out every Wednesday. He, he has really great stuff. Last week was, in my opinion, his best show. Um, where he talked about uh, a possible Pennsylvania Super Bowl. And, of course, he always seems to get in a little word about Penn State. It's horrible what happened out there in Penn State. We didn't talk about it on this show. Um, The breaking news actually came out last Monday. Too bad we didn't have an episode last week. We could have talked about it briefly or could have talked about it extensively. But today we'll talk about it briefly, Um, just the fact how horrible it is and of course, as probably everyone has heard, they did not get the death penalty. To to the disappointment of Alex Reamer, they did not get that death penalty. But um, in, in some senses, what they got was just as bad as the death penalty. Losing um, twenty scholarships a year, they're on uh, their postseason banned for twenty for twenty. Excuse me, for four years, um, and all uh, athlete all. Uh, I guess all athletes, all all football players at least, are able to transfer and play immediately. They do not have to sit out a a year, which is very important. So we'll continue to watch closely to see what players decide to stay and what what players decide to leave. A lot of players have been um, joining together and trying to stay and um, rebuild what Penn State was. Of course, the head coach, Bill O'Brien, has been a a, to be honest a really great leader in trying to stand stand tall and be a representative and and build back up that Penn State program that right now to be honest is in shambles and as Alex pointed out is just trying to stay above water at this point Uh, one last thing before we say goodbye on today's uh, episode Uh, Justin Henry has recently released a list of the top 100 quarterbacks since the merger. Um, of course, a lot of quarterbacks that he has on the list are current ones, and that can fluctuate year to year. So it is the 2012 um, power rankings of these top 100 quarterbacks. But if you're a longtime fan of the NFL or just love quarterback play, it's a great list to check out. The It was released in five different parts. So um, it, I would recommend at least checking out the top 20. The top 20 um, is in one article all by itself, but it's a series. So look for that series on our website, footballnation.com. It's great writing from Justin Henry. That's all I have for today's show. I hope everybody has a great last few days of July. The trading deadline is coming up in Major League Baseball to cover some other sports news. Um, whether your team is a buyer or a seller, it could be a big um, first two days or first two days of the week for for baseball teams, and uh, will continue to be a big week for football teams as they training camps continue and they get ready for that first preseason game that, believe it or not, is coming up right around the corner. That'll be starting late next week, as we are just six weeks away from week one of the NFL season. I'm Dave Holcomb. Don't forget to email me or find me on Twitter. And you can also like the Facebook page, Dave's Football 
news. I'm Dave Holcomb for now. So long, everybody. I'm going to go try and find some peace in my mind. <laughs>